Welcome to the K-Hole. People are dying. My name is Ashley Brandt. And my name is Brooke Marine. And we're going to be talking about Season 12, Episode 3 of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, Significant Others, and Significant Brothers. Before we jump into this honestly somewhat lackluster episode again, there are a few very hot topics that occurred IRL in the last week. First and foremost, Kylie Jenner and Tyga are now broken up. They are officially over. Fucking finally. Like, thank God. I mean, I didn't believe it was true. And I thought uh, I'd give it like three weeks, maybe a month tops since they do this all the time. Mm -hmm. But multiple sources have pretty much confirmed that this is this is the end of an era i even remember when rob and china started dating um kylie and tyga were like maybe broken up at that point and then got back together yeah she snapchatted their them holding hands and was like everybody needs to chill oh my god i do remember that I was so excited for, like, her to get out of that relationship. I was excited for King Cairo to, like, get out of the spotlight, get out of the drama. But it might be for real this time. It's just, like, I'm really grossed out. I think most people are grossed out by their relationship, and so I'm really glad that it's over. Um, But, like, you know, that obviously doesn't mean that the drama ends here. Uh, You know, especially there is a not good but (laughs) uh, a speculative article on daily mail that uh speaks about the real reason why kylie and tyga broke up and i actually believe it because apparently most of this information comes from the family's personal biographer yeah what what the article is basically saying is that chris was presented with a choice take black china or take tyga and Tyga has been not a huge uh, asset to the Kardashian brand. He's broke. He is too old to be dating a teenager. And he's just out there causing problems in the world. And uh, faced with the choice of, you know, Tyga or the mother of her grandchild, Chris Jenner chose Black China. Yeah, and Chris is a very, very, very savvy woman. She knows, <laughs> I think, that the right business choice was to choose Black China, and then, like you said, also she is the future mother, the mother of her future grandchild. So, China's not going anywhere. No, nope. Tyga is disposable, dispensable. He can't even act really. The few times that they've had oh him on the God. show, like, you know, they feed him these lines, and he can't even can't even Uh, deliver them you know spit them back out yeah can't even like buy kylie a car can't even hold down a place to live his last album sold like 1000 copies in its first week he just seems like a big mess and apparently he's partying all the time and like sleeping with all these different women and according to the article this is alleged that allegedly uh, kylie um like stop sleeping with him for a while because she like didn't want to get a sti or std or whatever and like i don't know he just seems like a really risky uh person in her life and so i'm glad that he's gone for now um but 
I don't know. This is it's just like so much drama. <laughs> I know, but they're never really going to be done with him because he is the father of Rob's soon to be stepson. Right. And you know, the the Daily Mail article points this out that he's apparently really worried about Rob sort of taking over the father role in this relationship. He's really afraid of Rob becoming a father to his child and like I don't really understand that because it doesn't really seem like Tyga is that invested in his child right now anyway. Like, no. where were you when you left? And, you know, they quote Amber Rose. Maybe it's in the other article that we're going to talk about in a second, but he left the wife of his... Or not the wife, the mother of his child. The wife of his child. <laughs> the wife of his child. <laughs> he left the mother of his child to go, like, fuck a 17-year-old, basically. And yep. not to be vulgar, but, like, I don't really see that as... Uh, good parenting skills so I don't really understand what about having Rob Kardashian be your child's new father is so upsetting and I think it has something to do with maybe like a lot of the language that we use you know when we're talking about um, parental um, parent-child relationships a lot of this language is the same language that we use when we talk about ownership of material goods and items and so yeah you're so right I, I really think that maybe his mentality about his relationship between himself and his son has something to do with money and capitalist ideologies and ownership and material goods and not too much about actually Honestly, raising his son. So real. I mean, Black China, you know, snaps with her son all the time. Did you see when Rob and Black China took King to um, the fire station? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that they, was so they celebrated cute. Rob's birthday at Legoland. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're pretty much already I, I see Rob as being more involved in this child's life than Tyga has been. And like obviously we don't know everything. Maybe maybe Tyga just doesn't publicize it. Um and he doesn't he obviously doesn't have to, but I don't know. I think it's a little weird that he's upset about Rob being Yeah. His son's like stepfather. Yeah. Well, and I mean, Kylie was, like, in a very weird position, being, like, 17 and, like, interacting with her boyfriend's child. Like, that's weird. I'm 23, and I wouldn't date someone with a child. It's just too much. Like, I would just be like, you and I, you and me and the child, I would be like, we're on the same level. (laughs) I feel you. I I can't be an authority (laughs) figure to you. I just, I don't know. I'm just really glad that their relationship is, it's over for now. Yeah. And we can rejoice in that. Um, Something to celebrate. Think, yeah. And, you know, I'm sure Kylie is upset about this, but she can get maybe someone who's her own age now. like Someone who's uh, her own age and probably has more money than Tyga. It's not that difficult. She already has rich friends, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, the other aforementioned article that we wanted to talk about was um, published by BuzzFeed this week. It's super good. It's called How Black China Beat the Kardashians at Their Own Game. Um, like five people have sent me this article and it is worth a read every single time. Yeah. I mean, shout out to Rithu. Shout out to Jonathan. They are the only two people who sent me this article. <laughs> but 
reading it more than once is i would say mandatory because it's just such a comprehensive analysis of everything that's been going on for the last two years pretty much but also everything you know involving black china that led up to this point so sort of gives a little bit of background about black china about her friendship with amber rose her friendship or you know mentorship relationship whatever with kim kardashian um Mm -hmm. it's just a really it's just a really comprehensive article and i think like if you need a primer or if you want to like delve deeper either way reading this article on buzzfeed is major key as they say yes and I think the really nice thing that it does is draws parallels between Black China's upward mobility and the Kardashians' upward mobility and how both of them kind of capitalized on female sexuality and um, strategic entrepreneurial decision-making in order to kind of arrive at the top of the, the totem pole, so to speak, um, especially because, you know, Black China really could have very easily signed on to a vh1 show and instead has put herself in the position that she's in now um while at the same time you know black china is really um derided for doing doing what kim did in most senses totally i mean part of the reason why black china i think sometimes gets vilified is because of her race i mean like you said her upward mobility and kim's upward mobility they both have this they've both had kind of the same career trajectory and i think the difference is their race and their class so like black china grew up in a working class single mother household in washington dc the kardashians grew up upper middle class in southern california going to private schools you know they had this sort of different upbringing um but the reason that you know i think the article says black china beat them at their own game is because so much of the kardashian success is predicated upon their appropriation and co-option of black culture and black sexuality and so this actual black woman comes in (laughs) You know, and she has all of those things, you know, quote unquote, naturally. Um, and mm-hmm. she doesn't need to appropriate um, various aspects of black culture because she comes from black culture. And she went straight for the grand prize. Like, if you look back at photos of the last like four years, Black China's at Kim and Kanye's wedding. She's next to them on the sidelines at sporting events, at fashion shows, or whatever. And she's sort of been eyeing this prize for a really long time and so you have to like whether or not you agree with like how petty it might be for her to be with rob and you know having his kid i think like she she's also very savvy absolutely and um this article you know reminded me of a couple of things i'd forgotten about like the fact that taiga has kylie's name tattooed on his arm right like i completely forgot about that and i also forgot about the fact that he did that because it was like an apology tattoo basically like he had been talking to china apparently about their relationship and about their family and she instagrammed a screenshot of those text messages that he sent and uh you know so one of his responses was to tattoo kylie's name on him and then give her a bunch of really expensive vehicles that he apparently couldn't even actually afford. <laughs> like, yeah. 
Or he had it's regifted from Black China. Such a mess. Not as in regifted, not as in given Kylie a gift he had received from China, but taken a gift he had given China and given it to Kylie. And yeah, and then he goes and sort of uh, tries to. Th- then he goes and you know calls out China even more and like oh you don't have a ferrari you don't have this you don't have that and so you know thankfully china has a really good friend in amber rose yes he sort of stepped in and was like listen like we're both single mothers out here raising our children and she doesn't need a ferrari because she can drive mine because we're best friends and you should mind your own business and maybe not be dating a child and like i appreciate amber rose so much for saying that Amber Rose is everything. I am always team Amber Rose in everything. She's literally always, never because wrong. she's so she's so on point about pretty much everything that she says. Um whether it's in interviews or even in her, on her Twitter or on Instagram, whatever. She just seems like she's a really good friend to have. Absolutely. Like I don't know her, but I wish I did. <laughs> That's real. Amber Rose, come on our show. Oh my god, I wish... Amber, if you're listening, I love you. I think that you should maybe consider going on this show. (laughs) Yes. Because Brooke and I aren't going to get into Kim Kardashian's fan brunch next year. So (laughs) we we might as well throw a caution to the wind and have Amber Rose on the show. She can come to Portland and record in my bedroom with me. That would be so cool. Right? I would offer her the only chair. Um, The other thing I want to draw attention to in this article, um, you can see this if you're on desktop, is this photo of Tyga and Kylie at the Alexander Wang fashion show. Um, This was in February of this year. And the first time I saw this photo of Kylie, I thought someone had photoshopped a picture of Kylie Jenner to look black. But this is just how she did her look that day. Yeah, Kylie Jenner, Kylie Jenner, her look at this Alexander Wang fashion show is, uh, where do I begin? Her foundation and her bronzer and her whatever, it's so dark. And then if you look at her hands, they clearly don't match. Her hair, it looks like she took coarser, like you said, it looks like she took coarser hair and then straightened it. It's just so purposeful and so transparent. She literally looks like like Nicki Minaj. I can't remember if this was this must have been Alexander Wang, uh, th- his like spring summer two thousand sixteen show in the fall, when she had like the high ponytail and that look. Kylie looks exactly like that. She Rachel Dolezal'd her way <laughs> into the Alexander Wang fall 2016 fashion show like what is this look i'm really if because if you scroll past this really quickly she first of all she looks so different than two years ago she looks so different than she looked four years ago and she honestly looks black like you can't really tell in this picture and it's just such a mm, it's just like i said a lot of their fame and their success hinges upon the fact that they've been able to successfully appropriate black aesthetics and black culture and black sexuality and like i see all of that in this one image like oh could unpack this picture for hours oh my god 
It's it's crazy. I mean, I want to say maybe we will see less of that now that Kylie and Tyga have broken up, but I know in my heart of hearts that this is only the beginning. This is truly only the beginning. I don't even I don't even know what she's going to look like 10 years from now. I can't imagine it. <sighs> yeah. I mean, she might end up looking a little like Chloe, who's had quite a bit of work in the past few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. I don't know. I think also, speaking of public appearances, Kim gave a brief interview at Cannes, talking about, at the film festival, talking about Rob. Yeah, that was a really sweet interview. She was, like, talking about how excited rob is and how she's so excited for him and how he's gonna be a great dad and she's like giving him parenting tips and kim is just playing the pr game so well you can sit that woman in front of a camera and she will say something nice about literally anyone nobody does it better to quote carly simon really nobody does it better than kim kardashian like she hardly ever says anything inflammatory when she does it's a tweet that she's like firing back at Bette Midler for example and it seems so off brand and so out of character that she has you know the ability to sort of like stick up for herself in this way and but you know on on camera she doesn't say anything disparaging about her family or about other people who've talked shit about her like Paris Hilton has talked shit about her before but I don't think that she's ever said anything negative about Paris Hilton. Just no. as an, one example. She is the queen of social media and public relations. She really is. And that's why she's the most successful sister, which we'll talk about in this episode. But uh, the other big ticket item is has to do with Snapchat, Kim's new favorite form of social media. So... <laughs> There's also another quick plug for another article that I just remembered. I, I read this morning. Jenna Wortham wrote, wrote something for the New York Times, I think, or maybe it was the New York Times magazine about Snapchat and about how it's where you can kind of be your most authentic self. And I think mm-hmm. that's so true in relation to the Kardashians, especially Kim, because I always feel like I'm seeing a side of Kim that is funny and has a, a sense of humor that you just don't see elsewhere. But Mm -hmm. also, she said a couple days ago, she uploaded to her Snap story that she was tired of the dog filter. And she was like, if we're going to have a dog, can we at least have a Dalmatian or something? And I knew, I knew that they were going to listen to her because (laughs) lo and behold, two days later, barely two days later, I opened up my Snapchat this morning and I see... There is a Dalmatian filter, but you can only get it if you're uh, taking a selfie with another person. And I think that's mm. unfair. But yeah, I Kim knew that they would Chris listen to her. It. She is so powerful that <laughs> they would be remiss not to listen to her requests on Snapchat. If only Twitter would listen to her. But uh, did you see that Twitter is no longer going to count links and photos in the 140 character count? Yes. Thank God. It is about time. Yeah. Hashtag Kim's impact for Snap. (laughs) 
Um, but let's move on to significant others and significant brothers. You felt it was lackluster, which I think is fair. But I think there's a little bit of shenanigans going going on in this episode. There's, there's a it, little bit. There's a little bit. Yeah. But it's not like in front of the camera shenanigans. It's like the very transparent machinations of pulling this episode together. Sure. I think that's a fair assessment. I think, you know... Like I said a couple episodes ago, I really need the silly factor to be turned up to the max. And I think we're going to get it. I think it's going to get there. Um, But, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, you're right. A lot of the shenanigans are occurring off camera and we kind of have to fill in the lines ourselves as viewers. Um, But I don't know. I think the main main plot of this episode is rob is moving into a brand new house but the the connective thread holding this episode together across three different storylines is courtney kardashian and her passion for both interior decorating and Corey gamble it's so absurd (laughs) i mean it's so absurd it's it's so much. Let's talk about Courtney's interior decorating really, really fast because she's apparently always wanted to have her house on the cover of Architectural Digest since before she can even remember. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what you, you know, in kindergarten, they're like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And you're like, I want to be on the cover of Architectural Digest. Right. Um, <laughs> And you can tell she's she made a point of being like, we're making history because Chloe and I are the first siblings or the first sisters to ever appear on the cover together. But, you know, she was pissed that she didn't get this solo cover. Absolutely. And once the cover comes out, she just criticizes um, Chloe's house. She like sits down with Kris Jenner and is like, I hate these pillows. I hate this. I hate that. And it's like. Courtney, you have been on the cover of Architectural Digest once because the print magazine as a form is dying, and this is the only way they're going to sell copies. Honestly. And, like, you know, I got to give it to them. These girls nab up magazine covers left and right like it is nobody's business, but, like, I don't know. I think it's so rude to just all of a sudden start criticizing the hell out of Chloe, uh, Chloe's house. And what, the part where she was like, oh, she's got to get rid of this artwork because <laughs> even though I know it's, it's a, a major, major artist. It's a major artwork, so it's fine. I wanted, but... to, I wanted to know whose art that was. Like, we couldn't see yeah. it. And I really wanted to know. But she said something that was, like, really... She said something really strong, which was she was, like... I don't know, is it like the curtains or something? She's like, these curtains just piss me the fuck off. And everyone was yes. kind of like, calm down. They're just curtains. And it's also not your house. Yeah. <laughs> and then on the other side of, of the, the Courtney issue in this episode is Courtney and Corey Gamble's close relationship. Fun fact, Courtney is a year older than her mother's boyfriend. You know, I don't think that it's that strange that they hang out, especially now that I know that she's a year older than him. But Chloe and Kim seem so disturbed by this relationship. I believe yeah. they use the word inappropriate at least twice. Yes, they do. Um, I have a theory about that. I have a theory about that. 
when they are getting ready to go out and Courtney FaceTimes Corey, he says that Justin wants him to go hang out. And Corey is Justin Bieber's tour manager or was at one point. So my theory here is that this whole storyline about Corey and Courtney being close is actually a cover for or an excuse for the time that Courtney and Justin Bieber have been spending together. I buy it. I think that's a, that's a that's a fair assessment. And it makes sense, you know. He even said Justin. Who else yeah. would he be talking about? You know, he works for Scooter Braun and Justin Bieber. Yeah, he's not in the, in the Timberlake stratosphere, so. <laughs> right. But, you know, he also, he's noticeably more present in this season. I think this episode, especially the the opening scene where they uh, he's grocery shopping with Courtney and Mason, which, like, side note, LOL, that they would even pretend like they go grocery shopping like normal <laughs> people. Come on. You know you have people to do that for you. But yeah. I think that this episode is really about establishing him as like a, a somewhat permanent fixture in this family and like I know that kind of the the motion was set a little bit last season but they must be paying him a lot they must have offered him more money for this season I mean there's also a rumor out there that Courtney not Courtney Corey is on Chris's payroll um basically to like chaperone her adult children so i mean that might explain his presence they, sometimes they, they do need some chaperones i'm gonna be honest their behavior I mean, courtney in particular apparently well i think also kim sitting down with courtney attempting to sort of psychoanalyze the situation the relationship that they have I thought that was super weird. They sat down at a restaurant where Courtney said that she would love a crepe. Kim said that she doesn't like crepes because they remind her, the texture reminds her of eating dead bodies. Like that makes no sense. And this is also where it was revealed that Kim does not know where her husband went to high school. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so funny when Kim is just like, Kim says, I don't even know where Corey is from. I don't know where he went to high school. And Courtney's like, he's from Hotlanta. And then Kim is like, well, I don't even know where Kanye went to high school. Yeah, it was really weird. And then Courtney told that really weird story about um, Penelope and North. Oh, my God. Kim was not having it. (laughs) She did not like that story at all. I mean, it's basically about Penelope being like a little mean to North. Yeah, a little bit and then kind of getting in trouble for it and feeling a little bit bad because, you know, and uh, maybe this sounds terrible because they are literal children and like shouldn't say anything about them. But do you think Penelope knows that she's going to play second fiddle to her baby cousin for the rest of her life? I think so. I think she's already playing second fiddle to Mason. She must like this is getting really deep into like the psychology of a four year old, but she must like having a younger like companion to boss around especially one that she can like do you know little girl things like ballet with but she's gotta know at this point that there is something different about north she's gonna have like ultimate middle child syndrome when she gets 
to be like 12. That's what that's what I'm saying. I I want to see how rain turns out. I want to see how saint turns out. I really want to do my astrology episode because this generation of of Kardashian Jenners like North Penelope Mason and Rain, they're all shifting towards Sagittarius um, from signs like Scorpio and Gemini. I mean, North is also a Gemini, but. I think that this is going to be really wild to see this play out when they grow up. I really up. want Saint and Rain to be really good friends. Same. I think based on um, this episode, actually, the scene where they're shooting the Architectural Digest shoot, Mason is working those angles. So I think that he'll be okay. I think he'll he'll figure out a way to be, you know reality tv famous probably for the rest of his life i think he'll he'll go into reality television or whatever we end up having 20 years from now but i think north is like because she was born into this family once they had already achieved like a-list status essentially i think she's going to like transcend reality fame and be like Mm -hmm. the ultimate superstar i know i mean she's already doing amazing She's just very likable. She looks, like, so beautiful for a child. She looks just so picture-perfect. She wears her mother's ridiculous outfits so well. I'm ready. I know. I'm so ready for the rise of Northwest. She's going to be, like, untouchable. I I truly believe it. I really want to... I really want her and Blue Ivy to become friends, but I don't really know that Beyonce is going to facilitate that. I don't think it's going to happen. I do not think that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, it would be cool if they were all friends with each other. But I really don't know if Beyonce... Like you said, I don't know if Beyonce would allow that, yeah. quite honestly. Well, I don't know that she would disallow it, but I don't think she's going to facilitate it. I don't think she's going to set up playdates. I mean, Blue is busy hanging oh, absolutely out with, not. with, like, Gwyneth Paltrow's children. <laughs> I know, that's they're a, too that's busy. Real. They were photographed together this week. Yeah, and they were hanging out backstage at the Super Bowl, too. I think, like, yeah, I think she's going to be closer with that crowd than she will with North. And, like, that's okay, but yeah, I don't see them being BFFs. Yeah, North is going to do her own thing. But let's talk about the major plot line this episode, now that we've gotten the bullshit out of the way. <laughs> Rob is moving into a new house. That Chris Jenner may or may not have bought for him. Chloe is very bothered by this. Um, I think she feels betrayed because she essentially took care of... She says her words that she took care of Rob for six years. And they've been very close for their entire lives. So now that, you know, they hadn't even uh, spoken on the phone in like a couple months, I think, at this point. And she just refused to go to the house. She refused to talk to him on the phone. Um, It just seemed like she was being a little too petty. It's like, you are the older person here. You can maybe be the bigger person. And I think towards the end of the episode, she tries. You know, he's not home Mm -hmm. when she goes to visit him. But it is a step towards... I, I mean, know. that's fucking nuts, though, because she's just showing up at his house, assuming that he'll be there, which may have been a fair assumption, like, a few months ago, but Rob has a girlfriend now, Rob 
is hanging out with her and her son he's working out he has a life like showing up at someone's house without telling them you're gonna show up and then being like oh i guess we can't reconcile because they're not here that's the biggest cop out in the world (laughs) i know it's and like i don't know she had to talk to like (laughs) it she had to talk to malika to realize all of this it doesn't really make sense no but i i genuinely believe that like chloe does feel that way whereas i don't know that courtney really feels any of the things she's saying in this episode i think that the producers came to her and were like kim's not ready yet we can't work with what chloe's giving us right now you have to carry this episode i think so and and kim even wasn't going to give in to any sort of shenanigans i mean she pretty much defends black china in this episode she doesn't say her name but she does say you know she got rob out of the house she got him fit more power to her that sort of thing um while chloe is so clearly bothered by that relationship yeah and she makes a point of like making other people complain with her yeah she like wants to sort of bring other people into it when they kind of have no business like when they're not involved because it's just about chloe's bitterness about taking care of rob and kind of feeling like she didn't get what was owed to her um in this case i don't know chloe's always complaining about people not telling her stuff like not telling her about caitlin transitioning and not telling her that they're dating black china but i think that that's chloe's cover for just being upset about anything I think so. You know I think I mean? that's how she handles things, yeah. Because she used to be, like, the really level-headed one. She used to be really level-headed, really good at conflict resolution, never held grudges. And while I am pro-grudges, I am not pro-pettiness. <laughs> yeah, it's just filler. But speaking of filler, <laughs> back to Courtney. Back to Courtney back to Courtney being the sort of uh, thread across all of these storylines. So Rob is moving into his new house that Chris may or may not have bought for him. And Chris has hired uh, her, you know, really close friend, Faye Resnick to do the interior design and decorate in like a span of like three days or some really quick turnaround time. And Courtney comes in and once again, after criticizing Chloe's apartment or uh, home on the cover of Architectural Digest, she starts criticizing Faye's work. Yep, yep. I mean, my my first question right off the bat is like, did their contract with Meredith Bear expire? Why aren't they using Meredith Bear? Because <laughs> Meredith Bear can apparently turn a, an empty house around like that. You know, is it the added drama that Faye Resnick brings to the situation that they need? Or was Meredith just like, I need my pilot before we go any further? I mean, that's a really good question. Because I, I too, thought, where the hell is Meredith Bear? You know, I was almost looking forward to seeing more Meredith Bear. Because when I heard that Rob was moving into his house in this episode, I was like, oh, they're going to decorate. They're going to get Meredith Bear. Maybe they, maybe she's, I don't know, maybe they didn't offer enough money. Maybe they needed Courtney to do something so they were like oh start a feud with Faye Resnick who you've known since you were a child like (laughs) but I think Faye Resnick gets upset with Courtney better than Meredith Bear would have you know 
Sure. There yeah, is a value she does. there. Although I don't, again, I don't think it was like the smartest practical decision. Like, give me Faye Resnick running around in thigh-high boots tracking down Courtney to be like, Courtney, I'm really upset that you messed up my thing that I really liked. Mm-hmm. What thing? It's hard to say. You can catch what they're talking about if you're paying attention. But I wasn't the first time I watched this and I had no idea what was going on. I mean, I thought it was really interesting that... <laughs> I mean, Courtney was being like classic oldest child in this episode. She like walks in, sees the... Chris and Faye got robbed the exact same white mugs that she has in her kitchen and she was like mad that they were like jacking her style classic oldest child thing but like it was really weird honestly it looks like those mugs came from Ikea that's what I'm saying like what is so special about these oversized plain white (laughs) mugs and she acted like they were super expensive too I mean that and also the fact that Courtney thought that the thing that she needed the what she needed to criticize about Faye's work was that it was too feminine i think she used the word girly and then she says something that just doesn't sound like a real piece of dialogue at all where she says oh and like he could be getting advice from like his cool older sister that has like the best taste in interior decorating in the world (laughs) like if Courtney really feels that way after one, like, Architectural Digest cover to, like, float this magazine circulation for the rest of the year, like, she has some serious delusion issues. <laughs> I think that someone gave her that line and she couldn't deliver it well. I agree. It also just doesn't make any sense to criticize this uh, decoration as being feminine because, first of all, it was, like, completely neutral. I didn't see anything gendered about what I know. Faye Resnick <laughs> decorate (laughs) and it's like i don't know i thought that the whole point of the kardashians um this season was to sort of progress and move forward and not say like really regressive heteronormative things like uh my brother can't have this decoration at his house because it looks like it belongs to a girl like objects don't have gender that doesn't make any sense and also it's not like courtney did anything with it so it's like this armoire and like on top of it faye had stacked like some knickknacks basically there were like some books and then like some shiny gold things like whatever it was a really neutral palette and then courtney just takes all of that stuff and puts it somewhere yeah and she, i mean one of the questions i have is like how did she reach that because she is the shortest sister. <laughs> she is the shortest and where one. did she put it i don't know and then yeah she's like five one did she also take issue i don't know if i missed this did she take issue with the fact that they were that uh rob was taking their father's old desk like did she just not like the way it looked no. or something because that was like a really big or, Faye was like this used to belong I, to your dad do you remember do you remember and rob's like yeah sure i remember it i think courtney wanted to like change something in that room but i don't think it was the desk i don't know the whole the whole (laughs) that whole feud (laughs) was weird but chris jenner is really excited about this she's excited about it throughout the whole episode she's excited when she calls rob on the phone and he starts talking about his son that doesn't exist super weird joke like very weird joke to make and of course it like now that he actually does have a child on the way it it feels 
even stranger and more on the nose, even though I'm sure they didn't, you know, this was probably filmed in like February. They had no idea yet. She probably wasn't even pregnant yet, but like, it's just a weird joke to make. But he's been making it for so long. Um, He might have deleted these tweets, but there was a period where he would tweet about like not being able to see his son. Yes. And then like Nicole Richie would respond or Nicole would like respond to his tweets and say like, what about your son? And Rob would say like, oh, you know, I can't see my son. Like what a sad, weird joke. That's not funny. That's just designed to make people uncomfortable. It's super weird. Like, in this episode, I kind of understand the context of the joke a little bit more, um, especially because it was in response to... So, Mason lost a tooth, and I guess it was his first tooth, and Rob was like, shouldn't he have lost more teeth by now or whatever? And Chris was like, no, I think it starts when they're, like, six years old. And then she was like... Basically made the joke about his son to sort of be like, well what do you know about having children you know like i have like a million of them so don't don't ask don't ask me don't tell me that children don't start losing their teeth at age six (laughs) and then immediately after mason comes over to show his uh tooth or or whatever to chloe and he's got a hundred dollar bill from the tooth fairy i know and then courtney courtney apparently has a stack of two dollar bills for this purpose somewhere in her house that she has misplaced and so all that she had on hand in her bedroom was a hundred dollar bill and like i just what in the world (laughs) well it's so ridiculous and like i think chloe and chris's reaction to that indicate that growing up i don't think chris would have given them a hundred dollars like they were obviously a little bit spoiled but i think you know i think they were maybe like a twenty dollar tooth fairy kind of family which is literally 10 times more than what I got. I mean, Robert Kardashian, like, cut Kim off financially after she married um, Damon Thomas, I think was the name of her first husband. She was, like, 19 at the time, and her dad didn't like that, so he cut her off. And that's how she started, like, selling designer clothes on eBay and, like, organizing closets. Like, she had to do a little work. Right, and, like, I think that there's something about this family that... They, something about their upbringing, especially before, maybe even before uh, Kendall and Kylie were born, they were somewhat grounded, you know, in their values and whatever. And I just don't think that they would have gotten $100 for losing a tooth. I mean, you remember like the first house that they had at the beginning of this series. It was not an average house by any means, but it wasn't like the hollywood hills mansion that they have now no it was it was a ranch it was smaller you know yeah the rooms were of an average size you didn't have like an office in a bathroom and like a living room (laughs) in your bedroom i know and they didn't all own their own houses i mean they still i think at this point kim's still in this in the show kim is still living at home but she has two houses i don't i don't understand (laughs) I know. She has two houses and Kanye has a bachelor pad. Chloe has one house. Plus, I assume she signed the lease for Lamar's house or whatever. Courtney has the one house with Scott that is fucking huge. And Kendall has a has a house and Kylie has a house. And Caitlin has her own house. And now Rob has a house. The, everyone has a house. 
Wow. Everyone has a house. Yeah, I think even when Kim was married to Chris Humphreys, she still had that like two-bedroom condo where she lived. Mm-hmm, she did. I think it was mentioned in the BuzzFeed article as well. That was weird because I was like... And you don't, you didn't live with him before you married him? I know that like 50 years ago that would have been an insane thing to do. But I feel like now that's like, you know, you should, you should figure out if that's going to work before you make this legal binding decision. Test it out. Seriously, living with someone changes your whole dynamic. Like, <laughs> I mean, there were so many signs along the way that Kim and Chris Humphreys weren't going to work out, but like that should have been red flag number one. Mm-hmm. Speaking of marriage, one thing that I'd like to <laughs> call attention to. Um, <laughs> so I loved that Jen Atkin was featured in this episode. Like I said, I love Jen Atkin. I wish that she did my hair. I love when I see her on camera. I love seeing her on their social media. I think she's great. Found out now Jen Atkin is married? They asked her about her husband. I had no idea. I I want to know everything. I would watch a Jen Atkin reality show. I would totally. If I could watch something with Jen Atkin, Joyce Benelli, and Makeup by Mario, I, I'd love it. The three of them should be hosts on a reality show. Like oh a judging God, contest. Wow. For like makeup. Like a glam squad reality show. Oh, oh my God. God. Okay. With like maybe like a low key competition aspect, but it's mostly like the three of them driving around LA, like talking shit about people. Yes. And then we'd get cameos from like Chrissy Teigen and John Legend and like all of these cool people. It would oh be so God. good. It would, you know, that's kind of reminding me. Didn't Jonathan have a show? He did. He had a show about his PR firm, and then he left his PR firm. Yes. I have a low-key theory about that, though. Tell me. So, Jonathan Cheban was part of this PR firm with Simon Huck, who is openly gay, and Jonathan Cheban allegedly dates women, but um, Jonathan left. What? Wait, Jonathan dates women? Yes, Jonathan dates women. Oh my god, you have to you have to google because he has this like on-off girlfriend who Oh man. I mean, his relationship with his mother. Also, this was like an episode of <laughs> Courtney and Kim Take New York where Chris Humphreys was like, "Jonathan is gay, right?" And Kim was like, "I don't know," because apparently Kim doesn't know anything about anyone in her life. And then they like tried to figure it out and he was like, "Oh yeah, I date women." <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so Jonathan Cheban will like go to the beach with this girl every couple of months and be like, look, I date. I mean, he totally could, but here's my theory. I think that he left that PR firm with Simon Huck because I think that they were together and then I think they broke up and their business relationship dissolved. That is my theory. Honestly, it makes sense to me. I'm really gonna I'm really gonna be turning this these thoughts over in my head now tonight I when know, I go to sleep. I wow. Know. I mean but I, I really would love a Glam Squad mini series. Come right. on, Ryan. Let, uh, pay us for this idea. I mean I love Jen Atkin, I like Joyce, I like Mario. I think it would be really cool. There should be a competition aspect for sure. Absolutely. But I would want it to be like I would want it to be, like, a play on reality TV where, like, the competition aspect is, like, so de-emphasized and, like, such a footnote of the show. 
Yeah, and you you want to know honestly? I think maybe if they didn't want to do this on E, they could go to Bravo. Like oh, I could for see, sure. I could Aren't see Andy Cohen picking this up. Yeah, I think they're all part of yeah. NBC Universal. Like I can see Andy Cohen sort of moderating the reunion show for that. Uh, I love it, and um, I also love Joyce Benelli in this episode doing their makeup, and then Courtney is calling Corey, and Joyce Benelli is just like. Where's your little bitch? Yes. And uh, <laughs> Chloe made a point to repeatedly call Corey dad. Yeah, that was so weird. When she was like, I always knew my dad would so wear a gold weird. chain. It was... <laughs> I know. It was... Well, it was and messy, also, to apparently, say the least. Um, Corey lives there at Chris's house. Hmm. See, there's just a lot of layers here. A lot of layers. Speaking of Chris, can we discuss how she cannot act? Like, she and Chloe go to shoot a funny or die sketch with Rita Wilson, which, like, how do Chris Jenner and Rita Wilson know each other, first I- of all? And then Chris keeps messing up what she's supposed to say on camera see this was like the shenanigans i was looking for back in the day this would have been yes, i wanted a more of this this would have been a b plot like chris can't remember her lines it would have devolved into like oh my god does chris have dementia let's get her tested and then they would have been like haha no that's silly and that would have been it that is the kind of plot line that i like on this show Something that's that's so, so yes. trivial. They try to make it serious, and it just doesn't work. <laughs> yes, like I, I thought that it would be longer. First of all, I don't even know if Funny or Die even released that little I sketch have no yet because I looked and I couldn't find anything. I love Rita Wilson. I'm just very confused about how she knows Chris Jenner. I know that is a question on everyone's mind. Um. Speaking of shenanigans, though, I want to get to Courtney and the non-organic banana, but I also want to ask you if you <laughs> saw the episode a few seasons ago. Actually, this was like maybe season 11, maybe season 10. I think season 10. Um, so it's after Chris and Caitlin have separated. Caitlin isn't really out yet. But Chris has to, like, go in for a medical procedure. I want to say it's, like, a plastic surgery thing, but I don't remember. And she's like, well, Caitlin is still, like, my contact, my emergency contact. Like, who should be my emergency contact for the surgery? And then that evolves into, like, who should be, like, the director of my living will? And so she goes to all of her kids and tries to, like, give them little tests to determine, like, who's gonna be the director of her living will executor of her living will do you remember that i i think i kind of remember that what i do remember is and maybe this actually what maybe what i'm remembering right now happened before this which was when courtney went to i don't know she went to kim i guess to be like in charge of her will and chloe was offended that yeah. I also remember why are, why the are episode. Why so concerned about Will? Well, and do you remember the episode where Chris was, like, trying to pick out her coffin? And she, like, laid in one and was like, this feels like a Chanel purse. 
Oh my God, yes, yes. See, I love the sort of morbid uh, <laughs> existential like shenanigans that they can get into, but it seems like they've been shying away from that. Like the the most like you know nonsensical moment of this episode was just when Courtney was playing with a banana and she couldn't open it and she was like I can tell this is a non-organic banana because it's really hard to open and they shouldn't be this big struggled with that banana more than anyone should struggle with a banana pro tip you just puncture the skin with your fingernail and peel it that's it (laughs) that's all it takes Courtney well I wonder if the kumquats that she ate were organic or not she didn't question those Did you also catch that, like, Rob's courtyard is going to have a kumquat tree? Yes. Yes. I heard about the kumquat tree, and I was like, there's no there's no way Chris is going to like this because <laughs> Kylie tricked her into trying a kumquat, and she didn't like it. <laughs> that was so funny. That was another funny moment that I almost wish was, like, the C-plot. Like, Kylie trying to film sexy Snapchats of herself eating a kumquat and, like, tricking her mother into eating them. Yeah, I don't know. I hope there's more of that next episode. I also want to see more Kendall. I feel like Kendall's not going to come back to the show in the same way. She's, like, traveling too much and she's not going to do her own show because it's diluting her brand. True. I think this is a good time to talk about some power rankings. Yes. Power rankings. At the bottom. (laughs) At the bottom, number eight on our power rankings list, none other than Faye Resnick. Special guest star, Faye Resnick. She's hardly in the episode. I wanted to see more of her. She's clearly hurt that, you know, her BFF's child has offended her... Uh, taste basically so that kind of puts her at the bottom and coming in right above Faye on what is essentially a spectrum of pettiness is Khloe Kardashian who just can't for the life of her be the bigger person in seemingly any situation right now but particularly this situation regarding Rob's new house and his attempt to move into this house and speaking of Rob He's number six. I mean, I can't remember where we had him last week, but I feel like number six isn't a bad place to be for him if he was even on the list at all last week because he hasn't shown up until this episode. And I mean, he hasn't been on the list in a while. He's got, you know, he's got a house. Somebody else decorated it for him. He just like slid in there without doing any work. He's got a new girlfriend he's got a baby on the way like you know he's moving up he is and uh he's not (laughs) well he's he's letting courtney stop him a little bit along the way which is why she's coming in above him on our power ranking scale she's carrying this episode on her back and she's willing to say pretty much anything even if it makes her look way too juvenile for a 37 year old mother of three yes and speaking of juvenile the youngest member of the kardashian jenner clan kylie is number four she's barely in the episode but she does convince chris to eat a kumquat for the laughs and for the snap so (laughs) 
That's why she comes in at number four. She was pretty harmless in this episode. Yeah, I'm curious to see where she'll be on this list as this season progresses. But another kind of new player on this list, Corey Gamble, coming in at number three. We almost didn't rank him, but honestly, he is one of the least petty people in this whole episode. Um, He's, you know, I think his delivery is improving. Um, They're kind of figuring out how to use him a little bit. Um, He certainly cannot carry his own storyline, but maybe he'll get there one day. Yeah, he told a sweet story about his father, and I don't remember any of it, but now that we know he's from Hotlanta and he has a really good relationship with his dad... And he's BFFs with Courtney, which may possibly be a cover for her to spend time with Justin Bieber. And also maybe he's on payroll to babysit Chris's kids. He's doing pretty well for himself. And coming in above Corey is none other than Kim Kardashian. She is being such a Libra in this episode. This is so post-Kanye Kim. Pre-Kanye Kim used to hit chloe with her purses because chloe was quote-unquote jealous of kim getting a bentley post kanye kim you know defends black china sits down with Corey gamble and gets to the heart of like what's your deal who are you what are you here for what is your role in our family and i love seeing her in her element and that's why she's number two this week and number one at the top of our list is Miss Chris Jenner. She's at the top of her game. I mean, you know, she's kind of in an interesting position because you can tell she's orchestrating this whole thing once again. I mean, she bought Rob a house, or at least if she didn't buy it, she hired Faye to decorate it, and she's got Corey working for her, and she's, you know, trying to mediate the feud between Chloe and Rob somewhat unsuccessfully but she does try and even though she got tricked into eating a kumquat on camera (laughs) she was a pretty good sport about it she was i mean when we were compiling this list i told you i would feel more comfortable consistently putting chris at the top of this list if she just owned her like boss matriarch role and stopped self-victimizing herself when she makes these power moves but you know, I'm excited to see where she goes with it this season. It seems like she's got her groove back. She's got her boy toy. Rob is, you know, back back in action. So I think that this could really be, um, you know, Kris Jenner on the rise. For sure. And with that, I think we are finished talking about significant others and significant brothers. And if you want to hear more of me talking about things in general, you could listen to Twin Peaks Peaks, where I talk about um, the show Twin Peaks with my friend Matt Olson. Or you could listen to Pulp, a podcast based on a true story, which is a podcast I host with Johnny Flores about media based on true stories. We're going to be talking about Party Monster in this upcoming episode. And our episode on the Bling Ring was just released. And you can also feel free to follow me on Twitter at B-R-K-M-R-N. That's my full name, minus the vowels. And this has been The K-Hole. Don't be fucking rude.